because we're talking about harnessing your decree. And so it's kind of a follow up, just even talking about uh, last week, you shall decree a thing. And so let's 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 just kind of start there. Let's just start there. Uh, let's just recap a little bit um, what we went over last week. And so we talked about uh, the definition of decree. So the definition of decree, I want to just read it from here. It is an order usually having the force of law. So a decree, again, is not something that's casual, but it's an order usually having the force of law, meaning that there's a backing uh, to the decree. There's a backing uh, to the statement there. And then it also says this, that it's a judicial, a judicial just decision of a Roman emperor or a king. And so, um, you know, I just want to uh, uh, just let you, matter of fact, I'm not even going to go back into everything that we shared last week, but I do just want to mention uh, this part right here, um, the natures of decrees. And so decrees, one must be aligned. The nature of decrees, one, they must be aligned. I want to recap. Two, decrees must be authorized. Decrees must be authorized. Three, decrees must be activated. They must be activated. And then the four decrees must be or they will be actualized. All right. So we got that down there. And so, again, we were talking about the nature of decrees. And it was so cool how God uh, led us to be able to actually come into agreement with some of the decrees uh, that you spoke and that that are still written. <laughs> it's still written even from last week and it'll still be there uh, in that regard. And so today we're actually going to be taking a look at this in action, the power of it. So. I want us to turn to Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 37, Ezekiel chapter 37. And um, uh, uh, before before you turn there, and I'm actually going to be reading from the New King James Version, Ezekiel chapter 37. But let me just give just a real high level, real one statement, <laughs> you know, context, you know, normally I like to do a whole bunch of, you know, you know, explain a little bit of history because most people don't know. Because sometimes, you know, they 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 that's how you can almost read the book as like fairy tales in a sense, because you don't understand. These are real occurrences as well. And then some people understand them as just real occurrences, but then forsake the spirit of God. So we, we marry both because uh, God is in history because it's his story <laughs> and he's in the midst working it all throughout. But again, uh, there's been just a judgment that had taken place in the land. Um, and again, I'm saying this in one statement. The children of Israel have now been in exile in Babylon. They've been in exile in Babylon. And then uh, Ezekiel was at a point, I think he was around 30 or so at that time when he was uh, preparing to become a priest. But then that's when uh, Babylon comes in and, you know, cap, cap uh, you know, cap, you know, puts them in captive. And so um, but still God's got his hand on him and he's still with the children of Israel, even in exile. So in essence, he's kind of exiled with them. And so um, so he's raising up this prophet this man named Ezekiel, and Ezekiel's name actually means God's strength. It means God's strength, and so I think that's going to be a very important part when we look at the scripture, and some people have read this before, uh, but some people have not. So again, Ezekiel chapter 37, it's a very powerful, uh, and it's, it's actually a sequence of encounters, because Ezekiel, the whole book actually starts off with just a very strong vision and an encounter where Ezekiel's taken up and he's seeing all these different kinds of things. And so he's kind of had this kind of life with God where God is just showing up and giving him these supernatural encounters and strong visitations as well as illustrations. And so we'll see this one here because I believe that it's very 
uh, prophetic uh, to, to what we shall do uh, even in the generation and even in today in which we live now because that's just what God does. His, his word is always eternal. It is always speaking. It is always speaking and it is never outdated and it's always fulfilling itself in time. And so we're going to walk through this kind of like verse by verse. So I'll read a little bit, stop, and then just, you know, release what God has given me to say about that. And um, we'll continue on through that, through, through that regard. And so um, just, just follow along. And just receive as well, because again, this is a prophetic word. So we're going to walk through this. Amen. So Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 3, I'm going to read this part. And it says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. Somebody say very dry. My God. And he, God, the spirit of the Lord said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered. This is a wise answer. Oh, Lord God, you know. And so this whole three verses could preach themselves, but I just want to say a little bit in this regards. When you look at this, first and foremost, we got to be under the hand of the Lord. I love it how the Bible says that the hand of the Lord came upon me. So we want to live a life that is under the hand, under the guide, under the direction of the Lord. And then it also says that and then brought me out in the spirit. So this is a spirit life that we live. We are to live in the spirit um, like never before, especially, as a matter of fact, I just want to encourage everyone, make sure on a daily basis, sometimes we don't think about it on Sunday, but on a daily basis, crucify our flesh. So, and, and then make an, an, uh, a decision and, and knowing that, hey, I'm going to be walking in the spirit this day. And so we have to be under the hand of the Lord and we have to be walking in the spirit to make sure that we see and say with accuracy. So we want to make sure that we are seeing, that we are talking, and that we are seeing uh, with accuracy. And so I have to encourage people again for this part because different people are, are listening at different times and from uh, different places as well uh, because there are many influences in this world. So again, I want to emphasize, make sure that you are under the hand of the Lord and how you live and how you move and how you operate. So someone just say right now, say, my life is under the hand of the Lord, and I am living by the Spirit of God. Say that one more time. Say, my life is under the hand of the Lord, and I am living by the Spirit of God. And so that's just one thing, just even to wake up in a practical sense, just to even make that statement and that declaration over yourself, and just to say, Lord, good morning, Lord. My life is under your hand, and I am living by your Spirit. I'm living in the spirit. And so, again, I just want to you don't have to uh, look at it, but I just want to say again uh, that he sees here now in this vision that it was a valley or low point full of bones, full of bones. And so uh, we can think about it. Uh, you know, there's definitely many low points in life and low points in societies. But these dry bones, because the Bible says that they were very dry. So these dry bones can represent things. One, they can represent hopelessness. Many people are in a state of hopelessness right now. 
and, and many people are in a state of fear right now. And so we see this in the scripture, but then we see this today that many people are in a state of hopelessness, hopelessness. But then also uh, when you look at it just from the outside appearance or with the natural eye, it could also look like a state of impossibility. And so you see hopelessness and impossibility. And so Ezekiel is looking at a valley full of dry bones and God's asked him this question that seems so odd. But it says, hey, son of man, can these bones live? And so whenever God asks a question, he's not asking to see to find out information. <laughs> he's asking a question to bring about revelation. So I got to say that again, if God is asking you something, it's not because he doesn't know but because he's bringing you to a place of knowing and understanding and revelation. So it's an exciting thing. We ask God to find out stuff. God asks stuff to reveal things. Ah, yeah, glory to God. So that's just a little bit of that. Again, it could be a whole lot in that regards. But now let's look at verse four through eight. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Ah, yeah. Prophesy to these bones and say to them. Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So Ezekiel's talking to some dry bones right now. Verse five, thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh on you, upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Then you should know that I am the Lord. Verse seven. So I prophesied as I was commanded and I prophesied. There was a noise and suddenly a rattlingly and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. So now I want to specify, and then again, we see this in action here, what we talked about, the nature of the decrees. We see this in action. So now when you look at it, the first thing we said that your decree must be aligned, right? And so that's what we explain in the first three verses that Ezekiel said, this is alignment. So our lives have to be aligned as well as our words. So again, that alignment was the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me up into the spirit. So God's hand being upon us. And then and making sure that we are living by the spirit, not according to the flesh or fleshly desires. It's all about his heart and his desire. So that's part of that alignment. That's part of that heart alignment. That's part of that life alignment. So we see that there. But then we see what takes place here is that authorization, that authorization. So Ezekiel said, I prophesied as I was commanded. Huh. That's where that authority comes from. As you are commanded, so shall you command. As we live under submission, as we are submit, submitted, so our authority comes from. So, again, we don't want to just wield authority independently of the kingdom of God and the agenda of the kingdom of heaven. And what God is saying. So someone just say right now, say, I prophesy as I am commanded. My God, what a word. I prophesy as I commanded. And then we talked about the activation. The activation of it means that it is a purpose connected to it. So God says, hey, I want you to be under my hand. I'm bringing you in the spirit. I want you to prophesy as I commanded you. But then he says this. Here is the reason why. So that the people shall know I am the Lord. That was then. But then this is also now. So that way the people know that our God is God. God distinguishes himself. 
And even for people that may have once known him, God says, hey, you know, what? there's still more of me to know. There's still more of me to experience. There's still more of me to encounter, to come into, to walk in. Oh, my goodness. And then the actualization that we see here, these bones became a body, right? Sinews were placed upon them and then skin. And so he said, I prophesied that I was commanded. And so for those that don't know, that word is nabar in the Hebrew. That means to bubble up. That means to bubble up. And it, and it also means to declare. Specifically, you see this with people that walk in the office of the prophet, but then people can also prophesy and make a declaration or God uses them to make a declaration. So I'm just saying right now, let some things, even as the word is coming forth, let some things just begin to bubble up on the inside of you, on the inside of you in the name of Jesus. And so when I was looking at that, God told Ezekiel, Hey, I want you to prophesy to these dry bones. I want you to prophesy to these dry bones. And I started looking at that in a different manner because, you know, when we think about it today, how often that we speak against the people before we speak to them. People that might be living in a certain type of way, one of our first responses is to speak against that instead of actually prophesying to them what they shall be or who they shall be. Ah, so what it is, God said, hey, I need you to reestablish and I want you to speak to them. Speak to them. And then even in a practical, even in a common sense, it's like, hey, you know, we got to speak to people. Of course, prophesy. But then, look, we have to speak to people. I'm going to touch on that in just a little bit. But it's important that we speak to people. But then the Bible also says this. We're walking through this now, but it says this. But there was no breath in them. Now, again, I look at it then, but I look at it now because don't we have amongst us in a generation people declaring, I can't breathe. Wow. You have people saying amongst us, living and moving, but they're saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. So you have that on one end. But then you also have on another end a virus that is impacting people. And one, if it's not taking life, some people that have contracted have experienced a damage or challenges in their respiratory system. So you have a generation of people that's being echoed right now saying, I can't breathe. But then you also have people now experiencing challenges with their breath. But there was no breath in them. But there was no breath in them. There was connection. There was bones. There was skin. People are talking today, but there's no breath. There's no life in them. Hmm. Verse 9 through 10. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. I got to say that again. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Prophesied to the breath. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy to the breath. It doesn't matter how dead they may look. It doesn't matter how dead they may seem. 
If your breath is carrying life, then you must release what God has given you. You must say, you must declare uh, uh, (laughs) flat-footed, being unmovable. You must declare and decree what God is saying, releasing your breath. Because this is what I'm realizing. What people have done or what people might have a tendency to do in the midst of death or when there's a stench, what people have a tendency to do is hold their breath. Mm. When there's things that are dead or smelly around them, what what do people have a tendency to do is to hold their breath. It's like, mm. And what God is saying in this season, even if it might look like deadness and and hopelessness and, and death all around you, do not hold your breath because of the stench. Your breath is actually carrying life. We don't want to be a body of Christ that has bad breath. (laughs) I know it sounds funny, but again, we can't be people that have bad breath and just releasing things just because of of just because we got a sour taste. Nobody wants to be around people with bad breath. I know it might sound funny, but if you got somebody next to you right now, just say, check your breath. (laughs) Check your breath. In other words, have a clean mouth. (laughs) Make sure that your breath is fresh. Oh, one thing that we encourage our children is like, look, use mouthwash. I, I got a regiment now, just even with my own mouth. This is coming to me now. I didn't think about it. But because, you know, my dentist's office was closed. Uh, but, and, you know, I, I had a tendency just to kind of let certain things just kind of build. I'll brush my teeth, but I wasn't consistency with flossing. But the last time I went to the dentist, they said, man, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. So I am flossing, I'm using baking soda, I'm using mouthwash, as well as toothpaste. It's a five-minute ordeal, but I'm having time with the Lord. I'm like, man, I am keeping my mouth clean. So that way, when my mouth gets checked, I don't have to get drilled Oh, for cavities. Okay, so that, that means something to somebody, but keep your mouth fresh. Oh, so, so, oh, so, so, so when do you actually need to freshen your breath? In the morning. So just do a breath exchange in the morning. Say, God, I'm not waking up with bad breath. I thank you, Lord, that I'm taking your breath in the name of Jesus. So that way, when I speak to people, they can say, whew, your breath smells good. (laughs) Glory to God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, don't hold back this breath that you've been given. So now when you have fresh breath, when you have fresh breath, you can prophesy to the four winds. I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of detail about that, but it's very important for us to be able to speak. And so one thing that you can do, and and we will do this today, but you can speak to the four winds. The four winds uh, represent many things in different places in the Bible, uh, but it also talks about just covering the earth. You can speak to the earth. You can speak to the four corners of the earth. Glory to God. Even when you think about it, you don't have to turn there, but it's in Matthew chapter 24, verse 31, where Jesus says, hey, when he talks about his return, we mentioned it a little bit last week, talking about the trumpets, right? He said, I'm coming with the trumpet, I'm coming with the angel's voice, but I'm also coming with the four winds or releasing the four winds or having the four winds to gather the elect. Aren't we in a gathering uh, feast time right now? Oh, but again, prophesy. Prophesy. Somebody prophesy to the breath. Say, I will prophesy to the breath. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And does someone just echo what the Lord says and just say, come four winds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glory to God. So there is a gathering that is going on. 
The Lord says, even in his return, I will take the four winds and gather my elect. But aren't we in the midst of just even gatherings right now? Here you see, uh, as Ezekiel prophesied to the dry bones, what you have, you had the bones gathering together. Then you had the sinews gathering to the bones. And then you had the skin connecting to the flesh and to the sinew. So you have this gathering. So there is a gathering that is taking place in the natural as well as in the spirit. For such a time as this, there are rallies that are happening all over. There are there is, some of these, these things show up as in protests, but it's still gatherings. There was a gathering even in Washington, D.C. Uh, with, with, with Franklin Graham, and there was prayer going forth for the nation on yesterday. So there's gatherings all over that is happening. But I believe that it's just something that is just a reflection of what is already taking place in the spirit for God is setting up to do in this season, in this hour, in making himself known. So I even encourage people, because one thing that we've been doing, man, gather families even by Zoom. So that way you can, oh, okay, I think I'm speaking to some grandmothers and grandfathers right now. Gather families by Zoom so that way you can speak the fresh breath of the Lord to them. Even to them, the, those grandchildren or nieces and nephews or whatever the case may be that might seem like they are dry bones, guess what? Don't speak against them. Speak to them who they are called to be. Prophesy to them. My God, the Lord is asking us right now, can these dry bones live? Can your family live? Can this nation live? Can this church live? Can your very life live? And we say, Lord, you know. He was like, I know I know. I'm not asking you because I don't know. I'm asking you because I'm telling you what I desire to do. What God asks, it's already, his question is already, he already gives you a key of what he's going to do. It's bring forth life. Verse 11. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. <laughs> they are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry. Our hope is lost and we ourselves are cut off. And so he says this is the whole house of Israel. But one thing that I notice here that we look back in verse 10 what was standing before Ezekiel at that moment? It was an army. It was an army of people. And so just what I just had to just reemphasize is that God, what he's gathering, what is collecting together, God is raising up an army for such a time as this. God is raising up an army that he is speaking to, that he is putting together. You know, I'm thinking about the, the, the Avengers, uh, you know, when I think about that, the Marvel uh, cartoon, when they were getting ready to defend the earth uh, for against, against alien invasions, they were like, hey, you know, we're putting together an army. When I think one of, the guy, one of the guys that was, you know, going around to different people that had these supernatural abilities and say, hey, I'm putting together an army. So what God is saying, even amongst us, it's like, hey, you know, I have an army that I'm putting together for such a time as this. It is an end time army that I'm going to be using for my glory to declare and to prophesy and to speak and to carry forth my will in the earth. So now we look at that in one sense, but then I also look at it because we are called the body of Christ. We are called the body of Christ. And so when we look at the bones coming together. We can see this, that I just, I just believe 
And then I think that I just want to prophesy right now that the body of Christ is going to be coming together and not divided. Even different denominations that may have seemed like dry bones, we are coming together in the name of Jesus beyond politics, beyond denomination, beyond ethnicity, beyond gender. We are coming together in the midst, in the middle of. Ah, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself, but guess what? God is saying, look, I'm speaking. Actually, this is my people who is coming together. God is saying this. This is my house of Israel that may have once seemed dry. But God's saying, hey, this for even though that might be the case for the whole body, there's still a prophetic people in the midst because Ezekiel was still a part of Israel. So now he's just raising up prophetic voices that will prophesy, not just against, but that will speak to and prophesy who the church has already been ordained and called to be. Individually and collectively. So we are to be an army in this season. So no longer shall they be divided because they were just a bunch of dead bones separate. But then there was a rattling. There was a noise going on of bones coming together. So even in the midst of the shaking and things of that nature, don't look at it as something that's like, oh, my gosh. It's like, no, we all appreciate the shaking because that means that the body has to come together. The body has to come together in the midst of a shaking. And I love it because Jesus says this, my sheep know my voice. And so as we are prophesying what God is saying, there are going to be people from different pockets of the body of Christ coming together, forming this army. And then being filled with his breath. This is what revival looks like. It starts with the house first. God deals with his house first. And we know this. God deals with his people first. And saying, hey, I am coming to you. Of course, I got plans for the nation. But he was dealing with his house first. Even when you look at his, the book of Ezekiel, he dealt with the nation of Israel first. And then he was dealing with other nations as well. But he's dealing with his house first and God is dealing with us today. And that's why prayer is coming, coming forth. And even in the midst of these feast times, he's calling us as a for a holy convocation, for a gathering saying, hey, get before me. Come together. Seek my face. Turn from your wicked ways. Then I will heal from heaven. Heal the land. Breathe into you. Life. Verse 12 through 13. Therefore prophesy and say to them. Thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves, yes, and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you. I got to say that one more time. I just read it, but I need to say it again. Behold, O my people, behold, O my people, my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O oh my people, and brought you up from the graves. Didn't we just talk not too long ago about these rolling stones <laughs> and graves being opened under the word of the Lord and life being able to come forth? And so God is removing the stone again. I got to emphasize that part. God is removing the stone from mouths. So that way we can speak. And God is saying, hey, look, I'm opening up the graves so that way my people can come forth. It's interesting because there's a plethora of zombie-like movies and, and, and shows and things of that nature now. 
And one thing that I've been noticing, even walking, you know, in the stores, you start to see decorations and, and, and retail in preparation for Halloween. So you're seeing a bunch of bones right now. But shucks, I'm just thinking right now, next time if I go into a store and I just see some uh, outfit of bones, I'm going to prophesy to them bones. And people are going to be like, man, what you talking about? <laughs> but it's like, oh, no, I'm prophesying to these bones. But then I'm going to look at that costume and say, you shall live because I ain't just seen just a costume. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we say right now, Lord, open the graves. Come on, say that out of your mouth. Lord, open the graves, open the graves in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so God also says this. We'll stop at verse 14. I will put my spirit in you. Glory to God. And you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. There's some actualization that God is bringing us into in the name of Jesus. So the Lord says, I will put my spirit in you. I will put you in your own land because God wants to and is going to be made known. God will perform what he said when we are in partnership with what he's commanded us to prophesy. I love it how he brings Ezekiel, in essence, he brings us into partnership with him. He says, hey, I know what, I'm gonna, I, know what I desire to do, but I want you to prophesy as I command you. So that prophecy is almost releasing and giving permission, or, or in essence, agreement on earth with what God has already established in heaven. So, Again, as we prophesy, we understand that God, you know, this is not just my word because God is not obligated to prophesy what you say. What he is obligated to do is to perform what he said that he's giving you to say. I, I'm going to say that again. God is not bound to perform what you say. So if you just come up with your own thing and then expecting God to back you up. But God's saying, hey, I need you to be behind me first. You back what I say. Then I will come back around because he's before us and behind us, right? You back what I say, and then I will come back and back what you say that I say. So he's not obligated to do what you say. Many are the plans of a man's heart. But God says, hey, you better commit them to me. Ah, But anyways, but I think that's a good word. That's a good word. So... Okay, well, let me just say this now. So you got to place a guard and watch over your mouth. So that way we're not just talking recklessly. Because if we get over into the reckless talk, then we'll have another source of backing. Which means the enemy will say, oh, 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 that's in my territory. I can back that. I got authority to perform that part. All right. So anyways, God says, I will watch over my word to perform it. He says that he spoke that to Jeremiah. He says, I will put my, this is when he was talking to the prophet Jeremiah, I will put my word in your mouth and I will watch over it. I will give attention to it to perform it. So God, God has a tendency, it's his nature to perform, to do what he says he's going to do. And so, matter of fact, we just want to take on that nature. It's like, God, I thank you, Lord, that in your nature, I will follow through with the word. That is the quality of God. That comes with power that he that he would that he does what he says. He is a he is a man slash God of his word. He follows through with what he says. I think that's a good word for people. 
that we will follow through with our, even with our own word. That's the quality of God. So God's saying, hey, I will perform my word. I will perform it. So what we want to do, we want to prophesy with power. When we speak as he commanded, we prophesy with power. We prophesy as Ezekiel in God's strength. Come on. And again, you don't have to be a prophet to prophesy. What you have to do is be available and yielded and under his hand. And then in the spirit. I'm going to say that again. You, we have to be, we must be available, yielded, under his hand, in his spirit, in order to prophesy. And so I started thinking about this, and you see this in the description of the thumb, thumbnails, but you started, you, what, what it is, I started seeing this picture, even myself, of the windmill. Of the windmill, and what the windmill does, it has the ability, with the propellers, it has the ability to capture the wind, or to harness the wind. And turn it into energy. It makes use of natural resources. Specifically wind. And turns it into energy. And so now when I started looking at that windmill. I started using. And I believe God started using that as an illustration to me. Present day. As far as for what we do when we prophesy. That we are as a windmill. And that we are harnessing the winds as we prophesy. We are harnessing the winds. And that becomes power. And that becomes a transformation. It becomes something that generates energy and productivity in this earth realm and life. It becomes something when we harness our mouths, when we harness what God is saying with the breath that he has given us. So that lets us know because God says, hey, I want you to prophesy to the breath. In other words, I want you to use your breath to speak to the breath. So the breath that he gives us is life. It is so powerful. Here we saw in Genesis, God said, and man became a living being. And then we see here in Exodus, God says once again, and an army rises up. So your voice, my voice is needed in this hour to prophesy, to speak, to prophesy as God has commanded us. And so make use of the breath that you've been given to release his breath. Haven't we heard this statement before? Oh, don't waste your breath. Well, guess what? In him, your breath isn't wasted. In him, your breath isn't wasted. Even if it looks like a dead, impossible situation, because the enemy will begin to tempt you, ah, don't waste your breath. But that's a temptation. And so then what we begin to do, we begin to hold our breath. And not, well, I'm just not going to say anything. But that should not be so in the year and decade of the mouth and no longer so because God has opened a grave. The stone has been removed. You've got breath for a reason. For a purpose. So this is not this is not time for the silence of the lambs. Ha! <laughs> this is not the time for the silence of the lambs. Because the silence of the lambs does become a horror movie in earth. So the lambs must speak. I've actually never seen the movie, but I heard it was very horrific and very traumatizing. I don't ever plan on, I'm not going to see it because I'm just not going to be a, a silent lamb. We were listening to this rap song today, my girls and I, KB, go check out his album, Glory to God. It's called His Glory Alone. And so one of the songs, it was just talking about, I will not be quiet. I will not be quiet. I will not be quiet. And so my daughter, the middle one, who's probably the most talkative out of all three of them, was like, man, oh, she just started laughing. As soon as she heard it, she's like, yep, I'm not going to be quiet. 
And I was like, yeah, you, you not, but harness your mouth. Just make sure you harness it, that we bring it under control so that way we are saying the right things in this season. That's why we have to be careful what we speak. Because both God and the, or both, or let me say this, both angels and demonic forces are waiting to say, okay, what are people going to say? Because it is so important time because there's going to be manifestation one way or another. So what are you prophesying? Prophesy as he commands. So again, we don't live with wasted breath. We don't live with wasted breath. So we're going to prophesy as he commands, but then we're also going to do something else in this moment. I, I, I caught this earlier today because Ezekiel, uh, not only would he prophesy, but God would use him to actually have prophetic acts. So Ezekiel, from time to time, he would demonstrate uh, what God was saying so that way people can not only hear, but see what is taking place. So he would, uh, you know, he would be bound for a moment and be laid down and only eat a certain thing or, or he would do something else as a prophetic act. So when God just started speaking to me, uh, just about the windmill component saying, hey, I want you to be a windmill. I want you to be able to harness what I'm saying and then to release it out of your mouth and to produce uh, life and energy. Because what windmills, what they do, uh, they, they harness the wind so that way the energy can be um, a source of life and creativity and electricity for a whole community. It ain't just an individual thing. But windmills are something that produce something for communities and, and, and people groups and nations. So God say, hey, I want you to take that breath that I've given you and I want you to generate something that's going to be, be life for people that they can use and, and, and carry forth in it. And so it was a prophetic act. And so what I'm doing right now, what I'm doing right now, somebody just begin to do this. Just begin to do this with your hands. Just begin to do this in a circular or a rotating as a windmill, as a rotation as a windmill. Because when I started thinking about this, there's, a, there's, there's two correlations in this regards. Because this is another reference in Ezekiel, chapter 10. You don't have to turn there. But it starts talking about, because Ezekiel would have revelations about the throne of God. And then it would talk about just the sound of the cherubim's wings, right? of the cherubim's wings, and it said that specifically that the wings of the cherubim were heard as far as the out of court, like the voice of God Almighty when he speaks. Woo, come on. So these winds have so many things. I'm not trying to talk about the winds, but these winds have so many things connected to them. Oh, so, so we have some things that are going forth right now to God saying, hey, look, I got some winds that are available that I want you to prophesy to because for such a time as this, I am doing a gathering, but I need the prophetic people of my body to be able to prophesy as I command so that way the rest of the body can come together and out of the valley and come to the high places in which I've called them to. My God. So again, I'm doing this prophetic motion because this is a prophetic act of rotating the arms. But then here's another thing that God began to speak to me about that word rotation, because the windmills, what they do is they rotate. But God just started, started, started showing me as well. He was like, hey, son, don't you also see that there is a rotation of offices and seats? I was like, oh, my God. He was like, yeah, so, so begin to prophesy because God is beginning to rotate um, people uh, just in different positions. It could be corporations. It could be in ministry. And, and whatever the case may be, we just saw something take place. We talked about it last week in the Supreme Court. There is a rotation that is taking place for people to be able to rise up and be able to speak and release the winds. 
And one thing that you do, even in sports, you put in a rotation that will help win. The rotation. So there, there was a rotation that is coming and now is. That will not compromise. Mm. That will not compromise, but that will release what God has said. <laughs> Someone just to begin to do it again. Just a rotation of people that will be coming up to release the breath that God has given. And not the bad breath, but the fresh breath that God has given and that will declare life in this season. That will declare his purposes in this season. Someone just say, Lord, let that be me. Say, I am one. <laughs> Someone could just say right now, put me in the rotation. We are not going to be sidelined. No, we are going to be ones that are in the rotation. We are going to be the ones that are in action and in activation, speaking what God is saying, writing what God is saying. Saying what God is giving us to say. You know, you can go on your street and declare life. Some people might live in an area that seems like it is dry bones. <laughs> but you can go on your street in your neighborhood and say, look, I am decreeing, I am prophesying life. Oh, my gosh. So let's just do some prophesying right now because I just believe right now that there's just an agitation of some winds, because sometimes winds can be held at. You see that in Revelation. Sometimes winds can be held at. But then there's other moments where, where we see here in Ezekiel where God is saying, hey, prophesy so that way the winds can be released. Prophesy so that way the four winds, the winds from the north, let me be specific in that regards, the winds from the north, the south, and the east, and the west can be able to come forth the four corners of the earth, meaning that God is positioning us to be able to speak to nations. And now more than ever, even the words that we have the opportunity, we have, especially with digital media and things of that nature, we can speak to nations. Oh, my goodness. So, God, I thank you, Lord, that you are opening up the graves for your body. In the name of Jesus, I'm just prophesying right now. In the name of Jesus, God, that you are opening up the winds for your body. And that even in the midst of, and I'm just thinking this even internationally, even in the midst of persecution, God, that your body is coming forth in life as an army. I speak to the nation of India. Wow. Glory to God in the name of Jesus. That even in the midst of what looks like as closed doors and opportunities for the gospel to be preached. I thank you, God, for the winds. Yeah. And for the winds of the east coming to that land, to coming to India. And filling the body of Christ to be able to speak in creative different ways. And that there's transformation and life coming out of the believers in India. Because I, I, I do understand this. I don't know all the details. But it was the Apostle Thomas, the one who doubted, uh, that I understand to be the apostle or the missionary that found his way up in India and bringing the gospel there, historically speaking. When he traveled and he traced his travels. God, so I thank you, God, for uh, faith rising up in the name of Jesus in India. Now, someone just begin to speak in the spirit. Let's just begin to just pray in the tongues. We're just going to prophesy in the name of Jesus. You're going to prophesy in the name of Jesus. God is saying, hey, there's some things that I want you to speak to. There's some things I want you to use your breath, and I want you to prophesy in the name of Jesus. You can prophesy to dry bones and say that they shall live because that is God's original intent. God's intent is life. You shall prophesy to the breath. So come on right now, just say, I prophesy to dry bones. And I decree the life of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because someone that even might seem like they are hopeless right now, even if you might be watching and feel hopeless, hopelessness. 
or if you know that there's hopelessness around you or people that you might know, you can just begin to call forth names right now. Associates, family, friends, whatever the case may be, just begin to call their name right now. This is one of the beautiful things that I love about the word because the winds are being stirred right now. The words of the winds will be able to take your words and carry them to them people or to that situation. And God will begin to perform it in their life. Yeah, that's one of the things that the winds will be able to do. So when we prophesy, so when we, so when the winds come forth, they are available to be able to carry the word. That's one of the things that the winds are available to do, to release what God has said so that way we can carry it to the, to the parts of the earth or to the people's lives that it needs to go to. So I prophesy the hope of God to you in the name of Jesus, that God's hope be yours. The hope of glory be yours in the name of Jesus. You are not called to live in hopelessness. You are called to live in his hope. And so you shall live in his hope. I decree in the name of Jesus that you shall live in his hope. You shall no longer be dry. You shall not be dry in the season, but I decree and declare that you shall be refreshed, rejuvenated. With his life in Jesus' name. Now, if you're hearing that and that's you, then someone just say, I receive in the name of Jesus. If you're watching or if you're listening, say that I receive that word in the name of Jesus. God, and I thank you, God. I prophesy to the winds, Lord, that your winds will go to and fro unhindered. We arrest the power of the prince of the air in the name of Jesus and that your winds may go forth unhindered in the name of Jesus. Yeah, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I prophesy and decree revival amongst the body of Christ, unity amongst the body of Christ, and the glory of unity that comes, that Jesus even prayed in John 17. I thank you, God, that we shall see it because you've said it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. No more division. I'm just listening. That's why I'm pausing. I just don't want to make up anything. No more division. Let there be a rattling and let there be a shaking and a coming together of the different parts, of the different gifts. The fivefold, the different gifts of the body of Christ, the teachers, the servants, the administrators, the business people, the lay members. Let there be a coming together in the name of Jesus. For such a time as this, let the army rise up. <laughs> let the army rise up. <laughs> I prophesy this for you under the sound of the, this hearing of this word in the name of Jesus. This I need to release and say specifically, you shall produce more in this season than ever before because of the harnessing of the decree and breath that God gives you. That you will produce in this season, in this season of your life more than ever before because of the fruit of your mouth, because of the fruit of your lips as you harness, that you will produce in this season. Someone just say, I'll receive that. Here's the thing that God is reminding you and reminding us that you can and you have the authority to prophesy to things that seem hopeless and impossible if you have Jesus. Because the testimony of Jesus 
is the spirit of prophecy. I'm going to say that again. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy that's actually scripture. So I just want to give you space right now as God just begins to speak to your heart. And as you begin to see some things that there is a harnessing of the winds, of the breath that is in your body, that is in your mouth, and that you just begin to speak right now. I know I'm talking, but this time I'm just going to be a little quiet because sometimes you just, just, I don't want people just watching and just hearing. This is something that must be activated and that you must participate in. If you were watching at this very moment, God saying, hey, I want you to prophesy. I want you to speak. Let there be a bubbling up right now. I want you to prophesy and declare what I have commanded you. Speak over your family. Speak over your job. Speak over just even finances and then just let the creative ability that God has given you to be able to see. Because some people might look at that situations that might be saying it's like, oh, man, it is impossible. Guess don't say that. Even if the thought comes to say, Lord, you know, you know what this situation is. I'm not going to call it as I see it. I'm going to call it as you see it. So this space is yours between you and him. Just begin to prophesy what God is saying. Just begin to prophesy. Just begin to hear. Just be, and then you could just say, Lord, I speak life. I speak life. I speak hope. Those very same things that I demonstrated, you can speak the same for those that aren't, for those that are growing in this and not sure what to say. Just say those two things right there. That is fine. Because God has already said that. And then he will back it and perform it. Hallelujah. to God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for things that are just being released right now. <laughs> things that are being released right now amongst your body. God, and I thank you, Lord, that we are rising up as a unified army that shall not be defeated because you are already leading us in the triumph of Christ Jesus. Yeah, so I just, just needed to say this to someone. Just no defeat, no defeat, no defeat. Don't, don't be downcast over your soul. Lift up your head. God is covering you and protecting you. And then I encourage, man, come together. Come together with the right people. You want to make sure that you are connected to the right people with the right voice and the right word in this season. You don't want anybody that's just speaking uh, something that God is not saying. And if God is saying, can these dry bones live? And then they're just looking saying, no. No, 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 no. God, so we release the amen to your yes in the name of Jesus. This world belongs to you, God. You got the whole world in your hands. God, and we will be an active part and seeing your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in Jesus' name. I got to say that again, no more hopelessness. If you're feeling something contrary that tries to rise up on the inside of you that brings you in depression or out of the thoughts of God, out of your own mouth, you speak against that. That you can't speak against. And say what God said. In Jesus' name. So let it be sealed by your spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. 